unbadding, unbadding, we're unbadding, baby. We're on a journey, baby. We're unbadding, baby. We're unbadding. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Unbadding. I'm Jessica Presley. And I'm Dana Pereira. We are here and it is the week of Thanksgiving. So grateful for everything like turkey and mashed potatoes. Um, I don't really give a shit about the turkey. I'm no. sorry. Oh, no. vegan. You know, when I can. Yeah. But like, you know, turkey's never really been my jam. What about mashed potatoes, though? You love some mashed potatoes? I do like mash. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sad about it. I could smash some mash. Yeah. I'm usually more of a sides kind of girl anyway. Mm-hmm. I just want like the whole plate full of sides. I want like some butternut squash and some mash and like some Brussels and some beans and like all the things. Okay. So what seems to be a huge controversy out in the world is green bean casserole. Are I'm- you pro or con? I grew up in Pittsburgh. One million percent I am pro. You better not use fresh or frozen beans in that shit. They better come from a can and they better fucking say Green Giant on it. Fuck yes. And that soup better be Campbell's. Yeah. There's no other soup that you can possibly use. It's the one time of year I use canned soup. (laughs) (laughs) And canned green beans. And canned green beans. Yes. Any other time I want them fresh, but no for my green bean casserole. Mm -hmm. I want it canned. I, I remember taste the tin. Yes, you got to taste that aluminum. <laughs> I remember one year Aunt Bobby Joe made green bean casserole. And it was like the first time I think I even understood that like you could buy a whole bag of beans frozen. Oh, because she put frozen beans or maybe they were fresh. I don't know. For some reason, I think I remember them being frozen. And I, I just mean, remember like taking a bite. They were frozen. <laughs> taking a bite and being like oh my god what they do to the green bean casserole who fucking assaulted the green bean casserole this does not taste like green giant french cut oh rude that is the only like variation i could handle is the style of beans you could use the fatter ones or the french cut ones it doesn't matter i can do it yeah but it's gotta be green giant and campbell's and french's we have standards okay (laughs) hello people do people really not get down with the green bean casserole there are a lot of people out there that like if you were to see the meme that is like get rid of one and it's like green bean casserole you know sweet potatoes with marshmallows Marshmallows. Uh, i saw one with potato salad i have never had a potato salad on my thanksgiving dinner table No, that's usually like fourth of july right yeah no, yeah. fuck that. I was like, easy, potato salad. Get the, the fuck out of here. Does not belong here. <laughs> what does not belong in this picture? <laughs> I felt like I was in kindergarten and I passed with yeah. flying colors. Yeah, yeah. Although those sweet potatoes with the with the marshmallows, I never really... Americans are weird, man. Like, who puts marshmallows in with their vegetables? I mean... I get it. The sweet, it's good, but I don't know. I could probably do better with brown sugar or maple syrup. I'm not going to lie. I eat it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be bougie here, people. Yeah. I eat the marshmallows. Yeah, whatever. Um, so I was curious, though, because there is a long-standing eight-year tradition going on now. And I was wondering if this has been going on for eight years. I wonder if my sister has ever heard about it. Probably not. <laughs> 
I'm like eight years. That was the year I stepped into parenthood. There's a solid chance I'm totally unaware. I don't know. I kind of feel like you might know this one. If it's some hippie shit, I might know it. It's not hippie <laughs> shit. But there was eight years ago, a grandma that text a, a person in her family saying like, you know, all the Thanksgiving details. And he showed up at her house. Yes. I do know this family. And they've been doing Thanksgiving together every year since. Eight years. This is the eighth year. I love that. And they're going to do it again. I love it. That's so great. Isn't that crazy? It's so great. It just goes to show you that like family doesn't have to be all the people that you grew up with. It's like eight years. Like, and it's such an intimate day and like time of year. I don't know. I think it's so beautiful. It gives me all the warm, fuzzy feelings. It makes me so happy because this guy was like, yo, can I still get a plate? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, come over. And he did. And he did. Okay, so maybe this year you should random text all the dinner details and see who responds. I don't trust my luck that much. <laughs> because I know who's going to respond. It's like... It's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to end up with like... I don't know, a murderer at my dinner table. He's like, I'll carve the turkey. <laughs> scary. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. But how crazy cool is that? And then this guy, I actually wonder how his family might feel about it. I guess maybe if he was like, yo, can I get a plate? Maybe he didn't have a Thanksgiving family nearby that yeah, he could yeah. visit or something like that. I'm not entirely sure of all of the details. Um, but I mean, this guy got to choose his family for a holiday. I know. I know. It's so cute. How wonderful if you got to cherry pick. Yeah, because, you know, holidays are fun and wonderful and also terrible and painful. They're so scary. I know. <laughs> I saw um, a reel that was like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And it was a husband dragging his wife and she's holding a bottle of wine and like a bag. And it says when your husband's forcing you to go to your families on Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's not even like to the in-laws. It's your own family. <laughs> yeah. And he's dragging her by her ankles out the door. <laughs> That's pretty funny. It's very funny. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I like that. And how many people out there feel like that? Whenever it comes to the holidays, it can get so stressful. It can get stressful. And so I think that there are some things that we can do to help ourselves and to prepare for stressful holiday encounters. Um, we're talking boundaries around the holidays today, people. You need them. You mm -hmm. have got to have them. I mean, we talk boundaries a lot around everything else. If you want an enjoyable holiday, boundaries. Yeah. Turkey. And boundaries. Yes. <laughs> Bend and, and snap. snap. <laughs> Turkey and boundaries. <laughs> if only we could get Reese Witherspoon to do that. I know. Oh, I love that movie. We could get Brittany. She's a close second. Oh, true that. She has a good bend and snap. She'll do it. So boundaries around the holidays can be something very, very small and like easy peasy. Or they can be some big year. Big year. They can be big year. <laughs> 
Heavier. Don't tell him he has a big ear, though. That's going to start a problem. <laughs> oh, it's a boundary you don't want to cross. They can be bigger and heavier also. So very light and easy. It's like conversation that we were having around the holidays. Hey, what time are you going to get things started? I've got a dog at home that mm -hmm. I need to make sure that I am letting out properly and I don't want to come way before dinner and then have to leave right after so just managing our time properly it seems like an easy enough thing but it's also a boundary it is a boundary and it is a conversation there's so much that goes into communication or mm -hmm. communicating your boundaries with people um and I mean let's be honest there are just some people out there that aren't going to get it and they're going to be upset no matter what, mm -hmm. whether you try and politely get your boundaries across, mm -hmm. you know, like, hey, I have to leave by five o'clock so that I can let my dogs out or I have another place to be. Um, there are definitely those people that are going to be like, we're not good enough for you to hang out with, huh? Mm, like you're just a little making an excuse to get the hell out of here, aren't you? Uh, and to that, I say let them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sometimes um, people's feelings are their feelings. And I am not responsible how you feel. Mm -mm. You are not responsible for how I feel. And so if somebody's feeling a little jaded that you're trying to split your time on the holiday, then that's a them issue. It is a them issue. And that's classic Mel Robbins advice right there. If somebody is doing something, they're trying to be, uh, I guess, I don't know, mean hearted, mean spirited about mm -hmm, something. Mm -hmm. Let them let it go. Move on. Yes. Let it go. You cannot control what any of that is. Yeah. Definitely. So when we were talking about time limits on my end as a boundary, how do you manage time limits then, say, over Thanksgiving as the host? Oh, that's great. Nobody come before three o'clock. And then what about the, the departure? Uh, the departure, it depends on my mood. <laughs> so I, typically I'm okay on whatever because the people that I invite to my house, one, I know like... Joe's mom and his You're like I know they don't stay too long. They don't. <laughs> and and that's fine. That is like their thing on yeah. the holidays. They come, they say hello, they eat, they bounce. Yeah, thank you. I'm good with that. Yeah. Hello. Hug. Nice to see you. Bye. <laughs> you know, like that works out well for mm -hmm. us. They mm -hmm. also don't drink alcohol. So I'm sure that they're like, all right, well, what are we going to do? Like sit here and watch you guys pound a bottle of wine. Yeah. We're good. We're going to go. Right. So I understand. Um, and then the other people that come to the house, like you guys are coming and my um, sister-in-law and brother-in-law are coming. I, I know they're going to chill for as long as they want to. We all have kids. And when they're ready to go, they're going to go. Yeah. Yeah. What if you're ready to go before I'm ready to go? I will hold it in and not say a <laughs> fucking word. You wouldn't tell me? Probably not. Wow. <laughs> well, if you give me like a little... 
double pull on the nose and a flick of the ear, I'll know that means it's time to go. Okay. That's I'm like, how do I, I don't know if I can pull that off subtly though. We all heard about me kicking my it husband. It doesn't need to be subtle. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't need to be subtle. It's just because you can't formulate the words and get them out that a gesture might help you. What if I just walk up to your husband and start tugging on his nose and flicking him in the ear? <laughs> He's going to be like, dude, your sister's fucked up. He already knew I was weird. Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> That's why he didn't want to meet me. But there is, um, there's always a lot of anxiety for some people. Some people love their family. Good for you. Way to brag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love my family. Um, but we all have that like weird Uncle George. Yeah. That might get a little perverted. Yeah. Or maybe he gets a little too personal. And he's like, oh, uh, so you're really liking that pumpkin pie this year. Oh, like giving like a little like little little uh, insult. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like our families, for whatever reason, maybe you have a cousin or an uncle or something that feels comfortable being insulting towards you and you're like fuck i have to go deal with fucking rude ass uncle george this week yeah so what do you say to somebody in those situations like off the cuff what's something that you say if somebody is being insulting or saying something rude i mean for me and this is not the right thing to do i want to make that clear um I go straight into self-deprecation mode. And the only reason that I'm saying that is because I think a lot of people do this. Like if somebody was like, oh, I see you're really enjoying that pumpkin pie this year. I'd be like, yeah, you know me, fucking stick it down my throat and straight to my ass. You know, like I would say something like that, right. like make a joke out of it. Right. But inside I'm dying mm -hmm. and like want to cry. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. that's probably not the right way to handle that no definitely not the right way to handle it I don't think because like you had an opportunity to like teach fucking uncle George that he's being a dick kicked him right in his balls kicked him right in the kyuk <laughs> that was for you Joe yeah. <laughs> I love it I know yeah I mean I feel like we have to all be prepared with some one-liners that we can use in many different situations. And that is a really good point. Actually preparing yourself beforehand. Yeah. yeah. When you know that you are going to run in to dickhead Uncle fucking George. I almost said Joe. <laughs> dickhead uncle george or you know like your snobby cousin or you know whatever having something prepared yes so one of the things that i really like to say if somebody asks me a question so oftentimes when i find myself in larger groups of people um that you know, sometimes with family, it's just the family and I don't have to worry about these things. But whenever it's like extended family of other families and a lot of people come together, which oftentimes happens around the holidays, yeah. um, I'll find somebody who finds themselves very curious about maybe our adoption story. Mm, that and has so, to be a huge one. Yeah, people will really go for it. And and so 
a lot of the times people are just curious and I understand that, but mm-hmm. there's also appropriate and inappropriate ways to ask somebody about their family. It's obviously a very personal thing. Um, some children, um, are very aware of their adoption stories. Some children are not very aware mm-hmm. and people just talk about it all out in the open, which for us is fine. But like, I don't always want to divulge you never know that's the thing if you are not um a hundred percent sure that what you're saying isn't going to be hurtful in some way to that family that Mm -hmm. you're talking about Mm -hmm. like it's none of your business then right so i found ways to educate and also ways to respond Uh um for times that i feel like You don't need to know the answer to this. And one of the ones that I do really like is, huh, that's an interesting question. Why do you ask? Huh. So like maybe somebody's like, oh, um, how old were they when you got them? Like that's like a, a a very common question. Huh. That's an interesting question. Why do you ask? (laughs) Is it because you're an asshole? (laughs) It's definitely because you're an asshole. That's why you're asking. Yes. And so a lot of times they're like, oh, I don't know. I was just curious. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. That, I mean, I don't know why this popped in my head, but it felt like this is going to be so wrong. It felt like, like you took a fishing pole and you just tossed it out there, reeled one in, brought it home. Yep. It's mine now. I'm going to put it up on the wall. Yep. Yep. A lot of people I don't think really like understand like how the phrasing of such um, simple questions. Yeah. How the words you choose can really objectify a human that we're talking about. Yes. So um, that's one area that is like always kind of popping up. But another, I think, common thing among families that we all deal with um, is politics. Politics is such a dividing one. And I know so many families or people that are preparing to go to their family's house that like have to put on this armor because they feel like they have to defend their side. They're like ready to fight instead of like going to enjoy their time with their family. They're like, I know I keep going after the aunts and the uncles right now, but (laughs) easy target. Yeah. Like, you know, Aunt Joan is like, you know, ready to fucking fight her fight about whatever political party she's backing. Right. Is the dinner table at Thanksgiving the time to discuss that? Like, I think we have all made up our minds We all have our stances on the big issues that have put us into our different political parties, although I don't necessarily agree that we should have two political parties, but that's for another episode. Um, But the the dinner table, like this is a time, for example... I have many people that I am on opposite ends of the political spectrum mm-hmm. that I love yes. and adore and get along with. Right. Um, I just want to enjoy their company. I don't want to have a fucking battle at Thanksgiving. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I feel like there was a season of my life where I was like putting on the armor every time I walked outside. And it was like, you know, whether it be um, for the political party or whatever um, conflict that was happening, and I had chosen my side and Mm -hmm. you were on that side. And as I continue to take this spiritual walk and this journey in my life, I realize that like there is space for everybody and we yes. are all on different rungs of the ladder. And from from your rung, what you see is meaningful to you. And from my rung, what I see is meaningful to me. And sometimes it's okay to put that aside and just love the person. So, you know, I love my memes. I know you do. And so there is one, and there are two people standing opposite each other. And there is a six in Mm. the dirt on the ground in front of them. So on one side, it looks like a six, and they are fighting fucking hard. This is a six. Mm -hmm. And on the other side, they're saying, no, that's a nine. And they are fighting their side saying, no, this is a fucking nine. Perspective is everything. It's all about perspective. And I really think that we should allow ourselves to have a day where we can just enjoy the people we love without having to battle out um, our different perspectives on issues. That's a really good point. And I think that we know the people in our family that have a tendency to lean more political or bring up uncomfortable conversations. Um, and so if you have somebody in your family that you know you have to face, um, do yourself a favor and front load that encounter a little bit and maybe reach out to have the conversation or prepare yourself to have the conversation whenever you come face to face that this is Thanksgiving. It's been a while since I've seen you. I've really missed you. It would be helpful if we could put these topics to the side so we can enjoy this day together. That's setting a healthy boundary. That is a very, very healthy boundary. Now, let's say that that person does not respond well to that boundary. Not always great. Because that happens. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people out there that fighting drama is like breathing air to them. Right. That's they don't feel alive unless there is something dramatic to fight about or, you know, quarrel over at all times. So what do you do in a case like that? I've got it. Oh, I can't wait. This is something I do in my house every single day. Mm -hmm. I call it getting stoned. No, no. Oh, all wrong, the, wrong one. <laughs> different one. Also, not daily, but I'd like it to be. Mm. Um, also, it goes like this. Put down the rope. If you're not tugging on the rope, uh-huh. there's no tug of war. Uh-huh. So what? Uncle Poo Poo Pants mm-hmm. is going to go on about the war. And he refuses to stop. He doesn't give a fuck what you say. No, he doesn't. But you know what? You can give him an audience or you can use these little things attached to your hips and you can stand up on your big, strong legs and you can walk to another room. And how awesome is it that you can say, hi, I'd really like to enjoy this day with you. But if you cannot let this go, 
then I'm going to have to get up and go into the other room. Yeah. That is a boundary. So here's something that I've learned, though. The if and then conversation is very threatening to people. Okay. Okay. So when you say, if you do this, then I'm going to do that. It's a challenge. And okay. I can see that. Do you feel yes, that? I it's do. like, what are you threatening me? Like uh -huh. you think you're going to make me not do something I want to do. But if you switch those words uh -huh. and you say, when you talk about politics, I have to leave the room. Shifts everything. It does. Right? I'm not challenging you to talk or not talk about something. I'm just letting you know my own personal boundary. When you do this, then I do that. That is a very good point and one that I had not uh, personally implied in my life. It's <laughs> a little nugget for you. <laughs> Maybe my life is about to change. <laughs> it makes a big difference, though. It feels less combative. It feels less confrontational. It does. And that is the goal, at least for me, probably not for everybody else in the world. But for me, I don't want shit to be combative. Mm -hmm. I want it to be easy and flowing. And then I also whenever I find myself in a position where I'm with somebody that's combative, I kind of want to like melt into the couch and like disappear mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. not have to deal with it at all. Yeah. When you say that, that makes me feel like very inflamed. Mm -hmm. Like I want to go get the bad guy. I'm Don't do that to my sister. I also feel like sometimes I do want to use an if and then because I feel like I need to show you that I am also strong. Right. And I will. I mean, I don't know that that's healthy, but, you know, like sometimes I'm like, no, 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 motherfucker. Back up. I, too, am strong in my convictions. And if... You're going to pull that bullshit. Then there's the door. <laughs> Fucking out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. I was going to say kiss you, but no, split you is a much better thing that makes the Lord sound like a pedophile. <laughs> exactly. Um, so let's talk about some boundaries that involve our kiddos. Ooh, this is a good one. Um, and one that I hate to say with my older two kids, I didn't have many of them. Mm -hmm. um, and with my younger two kids, I've enforced a lot of them. I think there's a lot more cultural awareness around, I think, some of the things that we're going to talk about now versus when your older boys were their age room for growth mm -hmm. it's it's my favorite thing is always leaving room for growth um so when my older two boys were little and grandma and grandpa wanted a hug and my kids didn't want to give them a hug i would be like get over there right now give them a hug mm -hmm. um and now i'm like they're not ready for a hug right now thank you mm-hmm knuckles yeah and and even even if you don't want to do that like i don't care jonah is very my youngest he is six he will tell me like he was upset yesterday he was like he had teary eyes and i was like hey bud do you want a hug and he went no and i went okay yeah and i'm his mama you know I'm not like, no, motherfucker, you get over here and you give me a hug. You let me make you feel better. 
Yeah. It's so important though, I think for kids to feel surprised when they set a boundary and somebody doesn't respect it. Yeah. So when my kids tell me no, if I'm like, give me a kiss, I'm going to go. And they're like, no, I'll give you a hug. I'm like, okay. All right. Yeah. Or they don't want to give me either. They're like, bye. I'm like, okay. That's up to them. That's their choice. Right. Right. So I think that there are a lot of really good boundaries that we can encourage our kids to set for themselves also. Like if we're getting ready to leave and, you know, Uncle Joe is like, hey, come here, give me a hug before you go. You know, if they stop and look at me, I'll say, do you want to give a hug or are you ready to go? Right. And and I'll let them choose. It should always be their choice. And I think like a lot of times whenever I was young, if I didn't want to give a hug or whatever, that meant I was a bratty, rude kid. Right. And not that I just wasn't feeling it right now. Maybe I was going through something. Maybe I was having big feelings over something. I didn't want to be touched. Now as an adult, there are times where I don't want anyone to fucking touch me. Yes. If I am going and and I tell my kids. Oh, I do too all the time. I'm like, I don't want to be touched right now. If I am having a big feeling about something and my daughter wants to like rub my arm or something, I'm like, uh-uh. I'm sorry. Uh-uh. I am having big feelings right now and I cannot be touched. And I do have a physical reaction, like a uh, like skin crawling reaction. Yeah occasionally to touch when I'm like feeling anxiety things. or something. Mm-hmm. So why would I expect that my children who might be going through something, they don't know, you know, aunt Joan or uncle George that well. And all of a sudden we see them once a year at Christmas and right. all of a sudden I'm forcing them to like, touch this person right that they never see why would I do that to them yeah yeah I think as parents also one of the things that I set because some of this is like setting boundaries for others and some of these are setting personal boundaries even for myself yeah and so I notice that sometimes like my parenting might change or shift a little whenever I am with the in-laws or with my my folks you don't want them to think you're a bad mom right because everything that our children do is a reflection of us totally because they're not their own person no no definitely not but also you know whenever you're talking about like the generations there's different expectations with different generations and like my mom and my mother-in-law are different generations yeah, and we are obviously different Mm -hmm. generations than our youngest sibling. And so there's a lot of complexities at play. And I feel like a lot of times I find myself shifting my energy and how I parent my children and my kids feel it like that. Yeah. And then it's like uncomfortable, even more uncomfortable for the day. So I really want to set my own boundary with myself in like maintaining the status quo of how I would parent my children at home versus with other people around. Like just because somebody else might be annoyed with my kid doesn't mean that I need to make my kid feel bad. And that was something 
that I mean, Mason and Kai, again, I really like to compare my two different generations of children because I was a different person with Mason and Kai than I am with Joss and Jonah. And I mean, luckily, the person that I am with Joss and Jonah is also the person that I am as with teenage Mason and Kai. Right. right. So they got that part. They did, which is nice. Um, But. I was so worried about what people thought Mm -hmm. about my parenting. Am I a good mom? I thought because I was a young mom that everybody was judging me and they were. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a horrible mom. If my kids acted out, every kid acts out. Every kid acts out. It doesn't matter how old your mom is. (laughs) A a hundred (laughs) or 16. Yeah, no, every kid's going to act out. Every single kid acts out. Mm -hmm. Every single kid has their things. Um, but it took me some time to realize that. Mm-hmm. And then as I got older, I have Joss and Jonah. I am not going to say that I am completely um, don't give a shit about how people think of me as a mom. Um, but I am more like, a, eh, you know what? I am more concerned with how my kid feels mm-hmm. when I parent them. Than I am about what fucking Susie Homemaker thinks about my parenting. Yeah, but I think that that comes with maturity. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that comes with maturity. I think that comes with um, self-confidence. Um, and I think that being able, you and I talk about this a lot whenever it comes to parenting, you've had such a wide lens because you have so much more perspective Yeah, that like your confidence has really built in your parenting. It has, especially because I now see Mason and Kai, who I thought I fucked up so hard (laughs) and they're fucking angel human beings. They're amazing humans. And I really attribute all of that to open conversation, openness, letting them know I fucked up. I, I mean, there's so many different things, but I look at them and go, oh, no, 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 I didn't fuck you guys up. I did exactly what I needed to do. I grew up with you mm-hmm. and you got to see my growth mm-hmm. just as I got to see your growth. Yep. I think that's important. I think it's important too. And not to like get too far into like the parenting thing, but I think that it all kind of comes together. Um, Like the awareness of your growth, it would have been a totally different story if you were who you were and remained who you were through their life. Decided this is my personality and I'm not changing it. Right. But watching that evolution, being a part of that evolution. And of course, with our kids, you know, it's like the trickle down effect. Everything Mm. that you go through, you trickle down to your kids. They get some of that beauty, too. Or they get generational trauma. (laughs) That as well. But like that is something that I don't know. Generational trauma, I feel like, is never something that we're going to eradicate. No, never. Of the soul journey of life to navigate that. But seeing your parent grow lets them know. That growth is coming. Yes. If they keep going for it. Yes. So I do think that that is super important. Um, While we're on the subject of kids, I also feel like this is a great time to make a PSA. Okay. Stop asking people 
when they're gonna get a boyfriend when are they gonna have kids oh, are are you, gonna... when are you guys gonna get married stop it yeah knock it off you know okay i have two different feelings on that okay one i think just socially it's like one of those things that just it's kind like of asking happens. about the weather yeah it just like comes it's like oh so you guys have been dating for how long oh, oh are you guys gonna get married what's the next step? right you talk to a woman who's like 30 do you think that you'll have kids like i don't know why we do that as a culture i don't necessarily feel like it's ill intended but awareness is key know better do better we don't know what people are going through my husband and i were on a journey to building a family and watching all of our friends around us having children and Mm -hmm. raising their children was incredibly satisfying beautiful and painful yeah all at the same time and so like you just don't know what people are going through so be um tender in the way that you guide these conversations if you're talking to somebody who just recently got married and they start talking about wanting to be a parent then engage in the conversation yes that is the best point is that if somebody wants to talk about it they'll talk about it gonna talk about it um whenever you like small talk can sometimes be dangerous because it's so off the cuff. You're not really thinking about it. There's no, but again, you don't know what somebody is going through. Whatever your off the cuff, small talk might be, might be incredibly painful. Yeah. For someone else, for somebody else. Yeah. So being aware of it, especially around the holidays, I think is really important. You don't need to give a shit. When so-and-so is going to propose to their girlfriend slash boyfriend. Right. You don't need to know unless they bring it up if they plan on having children. Some people don't want children at all. Okay. So you are um, newly engaged Mm -hmm. and um, are having some rockiness in the wedding planning because there's some family drama going on in the background and somebody asks you about your wedding plans, how do you set the boundary if you don't want to engage? Do you play nice and say, oh, it's all great, and you do the small talk? Or do you set the boundary? No, no, you play nice and you do the, like, oh, yeah, it's going great, and then you fucking walk away. Mm-hmm. I do think that there is a level of um, uh, ex- like social acceptability. So, example, like not everybody needs your full truth, kind of thing. Like we were talking about with forgiveness and with lying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't need to tell it. You don't need to be that vulnerable with everybody. Right? They right. don't deserve it. Now, if I go to my sister and say hey what's going on with your wedding plans and you say oh everything's great okay and that's not the truth i mean that's kind that would like hurt a little bit but then again it's up to you to decide 
who gets that level of vulnerability from you. Well, I think that sometimes we have to take away like this, like stigma of everything just being okay. Like, oh yeah, it's great. It's fine. Right? Like not everybody gets your truth, but also setting a boundary is okay. And we're allowed to stand up for ourselves and it's okay to say, you know what? It's just not something I really want to talk about right now. Can I tell you something that happened the other day? Yes. And I was so blown away about it that I tweeted it. Ooh. Is it still called that? No, I don't know. <laughs> Xing it? I don't oh, know what, do what call it's it? called. So my husband and I are outside and we're watching a football game or whatever. I'm a little grouchy, if I'm being honest. Okay. Honesty is key. Um, And he says to me, can I tell you something without you being, or can I say something without you getting offended? Nope. <laughs> and I said to him, I looked at him and I went, actually, I'm not in that space right now. And he went, okay. Guys, that was it. That was, that it. was the end of the conversation. <laughs> Did you ever get the, the tea? No, I have no idea. No. Okay. For all he knows, I'm still not in that space. I'm yeah. not sure. <laughs> but I... All I said was like, actually, no, like yeah. I'm not in that space right now. And he didn't push it. He didn't try harder. He wasn't like, no, fuck you. I'm going to tell you the shit anyways, you grouchy bitch. Yeah. It's like if you asked the question, then you wanted an answer. And I gave him the answer that I was actually feeling in that moment where I was like, actually, no, like I, I know whatever you're going to say right now, I'm grouchy as fuck right now. It's going to offend me. This is going to go sour. Yeah. So whatever you're going to say, probably not going to be like beneficial for either of us. So no, I'm, I'm not in that space right now. And he was like, okay, solid communication. Yeah. I was like, go, uh, did we just win the silver medal? <laughs> We kept you from gold. I don't know. I just felt like we could always do better. <laughs> this is, I think, the second or third time we've had like a communica communication. Communication. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> this is the second or third time this has come up. I feel like it's time. It's got to be on the uh, docket for December. Okay. All right. We can do Communication coming at you. We can do that. All right. So another thing that I feel like we can just kind of put at the end of this here, just to help us all get through the holidays a little lighter. We're setting boundaries with family. We are um, having our own personal boundaries for mm. ourselves, whether it has to be with kids, things we're willing to talk about, things we're not willing to talk about. We have some some one-liners prepared mm. in case the conversation goes to a place that we're not happy with. When you talk about this, then I have to leave the room kind of thing. Or you switch it up to better wording so you're not combative. <laughs> <laughs> and so another thing that I think is super important to do is self-care before any sort of interactions with family that could be strenuous or difficult even if it's with family that's going to be great why not give yourself some care and like also set a great intention about like this holiday that you're going to spend together intentions are so powerful and I think we've all been guilty of stressing over something that hasn't even happened yet girl we make up things in our mind 
because we've had a you know bad interaction with somebody before and we just know it's gonna go there definitely there's no way that this is gonna play out any other way this is definitely going south i need to fucking stress about it from now until it happens Mm -hmm. sometimes that bad thing doesn't happen Sometimes it doesn't happen and you've got all these feelings and all of these hormones pumping through your body, pumping through your blood, preparing you for said attack. Yeah. And it doesn't even happen. And it doesn't even happen. So I think also like setting that for yourself, like recognizing that bad things don't happen all the time and you don't need to prepare for the bad thing all the time. Um, I, let me, let me backpedal a little bit. Prepare for it. You don't have to expect it. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be a thing. And if we really want to tighten this up with a pretty little bow, watch your alcohol consumption because that could really fuck some shit up. hundred (laughs) percent. Easy on the juice chill on the booze yes because that never makes anything better and when you're the one that's not intoxicated and you're watching everybody else being intoxicated it really gives you some perspective Guys, and that's coming from me mm-hmm. so i mean enough said yeah yeah sometimes you just gotta chill on the booze let things play out there you know what in fact if we really want to do this we go we say we're having one glass of wine And then I have to leave at five (laughs) o'clock. All the boundaries. So that I can go home and finish that bottle of wine. True story. That's fine. Do it. Or, you know, you set the intention. You have a positive space. When you have negative encounters, you hit them with a boundary or a when then statement mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you navigate to another room and like you actually enjoy your time with your family like a fucking boundary ninja yes <laughs> <laughs> guys i really hope that your thanksgiving is filled with gratitude and boundaries because some of us need them some of us don't and for the ones that don't shut up we don't care <laughs> Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. Okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, everybody. Until next time, we're on batting, baby. On batting, on batting, we're on batting, baby. We're on a journey, baby. We're on batting, baby. We're on batting.